Welcome back to another episode of the Book It Podcast. On today's episode, we get into why James Franklin still can't coach a big game. Does Penn State have any shot to cover against the Buckeyes? LSU, buy low spot, and finish it out with our favorite Week 8 NFL bets. With the fifth pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Tua Tungavalawa. Barkley from inside is on five. Barkley with a hook. Barkley with a burst. Barkley down the sideline. What's up, Book It fam? We're back. Week 7 of the NFL season. I'm joined, as always, with our good friend, Alan, Mr. Alan Renniger and Miss Richie Bentz. Boys, how are we doing? What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, so we're recording this in the seventh inning of the Dodger game. It's 11 o'clock on a Tuesday night. Me and Richie just got back from a cornhole tournament. Uh, what better time to talk about uh, some college and NFL football? I mean, okay, we'll jump right into this. So we're going to start with a new segment. I hope everyone enjoys this. It's going to be called Alan's Drunk Thought. I just don't know how to express myself sometimes when I need to be properly different. Fuck. So uh, after downing a two-liter bottle of Sprite and a fifth of Yours truly, Tito's Vodka. My drunk thought of the week is cereal of soup. After copious amounts of alcohol this past weekend, I've decided the ever-plaguing question, is cereal soup? It is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. This is what I determined. Any oats or wheat that humans consume are traditionally cereal. Soup, on the other hand, is defined as a liquid food prepared by boiling. Therefore, soup, soup... is anything that extracts flavor from the product by letting it soak in a broth. In that case, cereal is wheat and soup is stew. So stick that in your freaking Cheerios. How about that? I that was brought to you by Alan Renniger, and that's going to be a weekly occurrence. It is going to be his time to shine on anything he wants to talk about. Maybe next week we'll talk about who knows what. All right, getting us into here, we will start with a little NFL review from last week. All started here. Obviously, if you guys follow me on Twitter, you know I was all over the snow over in the KC-Denver game. Since 1980, about 80% of snow games go over. The reason is defenses get lost. It has nothing to do with weather or anything. Now, if wind's a factor, that changes the the angle. But since there was only about 10-mile-an-hour wind Sunday, obviously that game went into the 60s. I know I was on it. I know Richie was on it. I think Alan was on it. I was honestly on the other side of this because on the way up, me and well, me and everyone went to the casino, and I was like, "Yeah, snow games are unders," and then he's like, "No, because of uh, defenders slipping and stuff like that." So what I did was I went with him, and it hit. So I'm not gonna lie; I'm gonna have to agree. I mean, snow games, snow games are a tough thing. Um, I've obviously watched a snow game. I don't know if you guys remember a couple of years ago when the Eagles played in a snow game against. And- Detroit, yeah. yeah, it was crazy. I mean, it snowed and it snowed and it snowed, and they only shoveled out, you know what I mean, for every five yards. And uh, I typically thought that was amazing, but I was, I was 
amazed by the ability that they still had throwing some passes. I mean, it, it didn't look great, but it, it was one of those things where, like, it's the NFL, man. These guys are great athletes. I believe anything can happen. A big part of the over the hit there was uh, the punt return, the big punt return by, uh, I'm not sure what his name is, number 13. That was huge. And then a pick six also, like, I mean, that doesn't always happen. So if you look at it like that, I mean, the under could have hit real easy, but it's it's an if factor. So Yeah, I mean, snow, like you said, Everly, 80% since 1980. I mean, I'm, it's snow. <laughs> hey, it might have been a couple of fluky touchdowns. We'll take it. We'll be back again probably in a couple of weeks with another snow game, hopefully for a snowy winter here. And for my review – I'm going to start off with two questions, uh, and we kind of did this last week. I think we're going to make this a reoccurring thing. So my two questions is, first one is, um, is Mike McCarthy on the hot seat for the Dallas Cowboys? Oh, yeah, he is. That bull is lost. They don't know what they're doing. Prime example, when Andy Dalton got destroyed, not one Cowboy defended him. And, and McCarthy came out and said, Oh, we don't. We didn't want to do that. Like, like it was a participation game. Oh, don't fight back. Don't defend your quarterback that just got completely like he was. He, he was out cold on the field. Someone has to get in what's his name's face. I mean, you got to stick up for your quarterback without sticking up for him. I mean, that team's in shambles. I mean, this is one of those rules that obviously has been widely debated. Um, obviously, Andy Dalton goes into a slide, nasty hit. I think it was a dirt, way dirty hit. Um, I do agree. I think Mike McCarthy is in the hot seat. I mean, we go from an 8-8 eight eight season. I'm a, everybody knows Cowboys homer here. We go from an 8-8 eight eight season, and now all of a sudden we're complete shit after the firing of Jason Garrett. Everybody thought this was going to be a bounce back year. The Cowboys were supposed to be a Super Bowl contender, and uh, their defense, I don't know if they forgot to get off the bus the last seven weeks, but uh, they let up points like crazy. There's no fight in this team. Uh, the offense, I mean – before Dak got hurt, I mean, yeah, okay, offensive production was great, but let me tell you something. Defense wins games. That's the bottom line. Yeah, I think he's 100% on the hot seat because going into the season, everyone was looking at this team with all the offensive weapons, and then they got Lamb coming in. Like, yeah, every, like this this is this is a team that's supposed to go to the Super Bowl because how good and talented they are. And it's uh, upsetting to see for you uh, Cowboys fans just nothing flowing your way. I mean – and especially this division, how it looks. I'll be honest with y'all. I mean, I'll be lucky all time to see the Cowboys make a Super Bowl in my lifetime. Um, there's two things I want to do before I die. I want to see the Cowboys win a Super Bowl, and I want to see Notre Dame win a national championship. And let me tell you something, boys. I'm probably going to go to the grave without either one happening. Yeah, you better plan on living for like 2,000 years or something. <laughs> yeah, and 2,000 more. Anyways, second question. Are the Bucks the unanimous Super Bowl favorites? And go. Yes, a 1,000%. Yes, Godwin is out this week. But guess what? Antonio Brown's just going to step right in. So that team is better with Godwin, I agree. But Brady's starting to look like old Brady, like, vintage Brady where he's just thrown to the open receiver. Like he doesn't care who it is. It could be Gronk. It could be, it could be uh, Scotty Miller. It could be Antonio Brown. It could be Godwin. It could be the third string running back. It could be Leonard Fournette. It could be Rojo. It doesn't matter whoever's open. That's who's getting the ball. And if Brady's like that, uh, my 40 to one ticket that I got in the bucks. And I think January, man, that's going to be looking pretty damn nice. Come playoff time. I'm going to have to agree with you. I think this is one of those things where I think the first couple of weeks, Bruce Arians, Tom Brady, I think the offense had a uh, 
a different kind of appeal to themselves. I think Bruce Aarons was thinking one way, Tom Brady was thinking another way. I think it finally clicked within the last two weeks. Obviously, it showed a lot uh, this past week with a 40 to 20 something win. Um, I think Tom Brady is is actually becoming himself. Uh, being able to chuck the ball all over the yard again, he looks like a big kid out there. I freaking love it, man. I freaking love it. You got to love some football like that. And honestly, um, the Antonio Brown thing, uh, I, I'm hoping that he's not a cancer to that locker room as he's been on other organizations, which got him exiled from the league. I think I hope this man makes the best of his opportunity. Yeah, I do not agree with you here. Uh, I think there's better teams out there than the Bucks, just because it's – I mean, it's midway through the season, but you got to look at the other teams like Baltimore. Uh, the Steelers are really surprising this year with their defense uh, – um, electric, and then off, obviously their offense with Big Ben back there. And then the, so the top three, I would say, Baltimore Steelers and um, Casey, Kansas City, uh, top three. And I put number four at the, probably the Bucks, but I don't see them play Super Bowl favorites right now. Okay. Well, you know, well, I guess we can all agree to disagree. I, I'm honestly, you know, Richard, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say you're wrong either because I do agree with you. I think Pittsburgh's playing some outstanding defense. I think it's, uh, I think that's a key tra- contributor. I'm a big, I'm a big old school believer like that. I believe defense wins championships, especially in this league when you have such talented receivers and running backs being able to make plays like they are. Bucks, the Steelers, Kansas City. Uh, Green Bay, Titans. it's tough. Titans, yeah, Titans, obviously. Titans, oh my God, I can't believe I almost forgot them. And uh, we'll get to the Titans here at at, at pick time. But, um, Ev, you have anything to add to that? No, I think you guys uh, about uh, put everything you want on it, and you, you are right. We will be getting to in-depth of the uh, Tennessee Titans coming in uh, approximately 30 to 40 minutes. Uh, well, there's one other thing I want to go into. I just want to talk about the Falcons real quick. I feel so bad for this team, man. Like, this is a team that just – they get come back on every week, I feel like. And watching that Lions game from the blackjack table, man, let me tell you. It does suck to be an Atlanta sport fan or a Georgia sport fan in that state at all because, I mean, the college team keeps blowing leads. The NFL team keeps blowing leads. But, honestly, I think it's the best form because I don't see them going anywhere. I think it's better for them to blow leads, get a draft pick, Get a new head coach in there. Maybe tank for for Lawrence. Maybe. I don't know. Matty Ryan's on his way out. Calvin Ridley, rising star. I still think Julio probably has a couple years left. Maybe Gurley does. I, I think it's it does suck. I agree. But I think it's better they lose games, get a higher draft pick, and build to the future. Well, here's the thing. Uh, we, we're obviously week seven, week eight. Uh, it's one of those deals where I feel like this team still has the opportunity to turn this ship around. I mean, I obviously get the whole tanking purpose. But, you know, they have to learn to, to, to fight to the last second. Uh, I don't think this is an effort thing. I think this is just a fundamental thing, and I think they'll eventually overcome this and they'll start to win football games. So I want to talk about the Bears-Rams quick, if that's all right. Yeah, go ahead. Jesus. I mean, the poor Bears. That defense, everybody, you know what I mean, is going to sit there and bag on the defense all – all day and all night and twice on Sunday. But let me tell you something. When your defense spends 65% or 65 to 75% of the time on the field, that is absolutely ridiculous. Nagy needs to get an offensive coordinator. This is as bad as that time TV producers thought it would be a good idea, good idea to replace Charlie Sheen with Ashton Kutcher on two and a half men. Yes, 
the Bears let up points, but it's hard to play defense when you're always on the freaking field, man. And I just I did I did some quick research today. Yeah, okay, the Bears were 0 and 2 in the red zone. That's play calling. I mean, who calls a play in the red zone with Nick Foles having him rolling out away from his throwing arm and the man throws in a double coverage to a small because, receiver. To a small receiver. I don't understand that. Now, um, you're going to look at the possession and you're going to say, wait a minute, Alan, there's only a five-minute spread. Me and I really talked about this earlier. Sorry, Richie. We talked about it on the phone. We didn't get a chance to put it in the text chat. But here's the thing. There was only five minutes of difference between uh, time of possession. The Rams had the ball 32.35 seconds, and the Bears had the ball 27.25 seconds. We feel – me and I have talked about this earlier. This is a fallacy. This is one of those lying stats right now where you have to understand that a team has that much time in possession doesn't necessarily mean they put it to good use. And they really didn't. That big dick Nick is going to make a comeback. And that's all that's going to happen here. The bears don't count them out five and two. They're still a good playoff contending team. They're going to put it together and I'll see you in the postseason. If the bears want to go anywhere, they need to get Dave Montgomery in that running game going. If they don't get him going, then this could be turned into one of those teams that start out hot and then end up, at the top of the in top 10 picks because they only end up with six wins in the season. If they get that running game going and give Nick Foles some time, I agree. They can make a run in the division, but they need to correct that first. Absolutely. Win the clock, win the game. The Bears only had 49 rushing yards. That's absolutely ridiculous. You have a good running back in that kid, use him. You got him. Don't let yourself get behind on the clock. Okay, that about wraps up our NFL review. We'll jump into our NFL picks a little later right now we're gonna jump over to college football for the weekend so first thing we're gonna go i think it makes the most sense we'll talk about the penn state indiana game i know we have all have takes on it alan why don't you start us off penn state obviously came out and they 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 let they let this indiana team don't i'm not taking anything away from indiana but what i've seen potentially is i think they let indiana get too much uh, momentum in this game and obviously when you take it to overtime like that you know you could sit there and, sit and argue was it a touchdown was it a touchdown here's the thing you never lead the game up to the refs or it's the replay um, they should have took care of business and they didn't they're going to go into a tough spot this week I think the interesting matchup um, Penn State Ohio State I'm not going to sit there and count Penn State out but if they don't get their crap together this week they're going to look like a redheaded stepchild get beat by their step parent you know what I mean so they lost no King. Uh, that just came out. Jerry Brown, they lost from the beginning of the season. And obviously, Michael Parsons, they lost due to, obviously, COVID, and he didn't want to come back, blah, blah, blah. Penn State was going to be a top dog in the, in the Big Ten. It was that simple. They were going to be – I mean, Jerry Brown's going to be a top draft pick as long as he's healthy. Michael Parsons is going to be a top draft pick. And they lost both of them. That is hard to do. It's hard to overcome. Now, my only thing on the team, when Penn State needed a drive to go down the field and score a touchdown at the end of that game in the, late in the fourth quarter to go up 21-20, they drove down the field in three plays. They were airing it out. They weren't doing that all game. Were they holding some stuff back for Ohio State? Potentially. Did it end up killing them? Yes. And if they somehow beat Ohio State, which I think they have a chance of not being a homer, I think they have a chance to keep the game close. Um, it could come back to haunt them in the end. But overall, if you look at it, Indiana had a 5% postgame win expectancy. They should have never been in this game. Penn State should have won this game by three scores. Uh, like I said, I tweeted out they should either fell down at the one-yard line at the end of that game or the five-yard line or one for two. Go up nine, finish the game right there. And because my reasoning for going for two, I know some people are arguing with me on this. If you go up eight 
you know Indiana has to drive the field, go for two, get it, and then go into overtime. And you know in overtime, Indiana's going to go for two to win the game. So, as you mean, as you mean up nine. Yeah. Get, yeah. Well, no, I'm saying Penn State goes up eight if they kick the field goal, kick the extra point. Indiana has to go down the field, go for two. And Indiana then goes into overtime. They're going to go for two to try to win the game. So why don't, in regulation, you just try to go up nine or seven? So if you go up nine, you win the game. If you're only up seven, well, now you shorten the game. Now you make it, okay, Indiana has to go down the field and go for two to win the game, and we have to stop them. It's that simple. They just they let it bleed out. They let it go into overtime, blah, 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 blah. Penn State could have won the game right then and there in regulation, in my opinion. I agree. I mean, this is one of those those things where your defense is playing lights, playing their hearts out. I want to say lights out. Playing their hearts out for four quarters. Obviously, you know, fourth quarter, you take over the mentality of bend, don't break. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. So, like Ev's saying, you can go up nine points, take a little pressure off the defense, let them go out there, or even eight points, go out there, you know what I mean, get, give them a chance to make the stop. They don't, they don't. You take it over time. Then you work your magic there. I completely agree with you. So I remember in the last podcast, I talked about COVID impacting this team, and it showed in this game, like, they they just weren't, they weren't, like, playing at all, I feel like, with this team. They were just, like, tossing around. Like, Indiana has no chance of winning this game. They're looking ahead, too, at the same time at Ohio State because, obviously, a home run, that's going to – Dodgers are watching the game right now. But Game's over. So, wow, that really hurt, that home run. But – yeah, I mean, Penn State, that, that guy should have went down to one. There's This game doesn't even go into overtime at all. It's literally over. They need twice, and guess what? They're 1-0. They look, they look at Ohio State next week, but it's just it's sad to see the Penn State fan losing that, that big game one for um, confidence going into week two against Ohio State. So I don't think it's sad. It's, I think it's just it's just shitty coaching. It's it's shitty a lot of yeah, stuff. I, it, I don't even know if COVID had a reason reason with it. I think it was it, – honestly – Chalk it up to Franklin can't coach a close game. He's not been able to coach a close game all the way back to, I think, what, 2018 against Ohio State at, at Penn State when they ran the ball on fourth and five. I was at that game. They That was the start of it. He showed it time and time again. Franklin can't coach a big game, can't coach a close game. That's what I chalk it up. With that, we'll jump right into the Penn State-Ohio State game. Richie, I know you have a position on this. I also have a lean on it. Richie, why don't you start us off? Um, Ohio State's favored by 11 and a half points with the overrunner being 64 and a half. Now I'm, I just, I can't go with Penn State. Um, well, I don't, they're not going to win this game at all. There's no chance whatsoever. I have Ohio State destroying Penn State literally off a, a big game last week, Ohio State. I'm not sure. I forget who they played. Not a really a Nebraska, Nebraska, not really a talented team for them. Um, but I know they put up 52 points in offense, and I don't think Penn State will be able to keep up with Ohio State's offense with Fields at quarterback and other key players in the offense. I think Penn State, I mean, I think Penn State just that last week against Indiana Dreads over this week, and I see them, them having no chance whatsoever of stopping this Ohio State offense. This is where I completely disagree with you. So if you didn't know, Ohio State's top, rece- top receiver is out potentially probably out it's not confirmed yet but probably out Penn State was looking ahead to this game it's that simple that's another reason why they probably lost Indiana they were looking ahead do I think they were hiding stuff and not showing everything um offensively yeah do I think Clifford's good by any stretch stretch of the imagination do I think he's really that good no I think Penn State surprises a lot of people here this line opened eight 
it got bet up to 11 and a half, 12 and a half, whatever it's at. It keeps getting bet up. And I'm going to come back on with a Penn State ticket on Saturday morning. Uh, I think this line's just going to get way out of hand. I think this is the game. This week two, I said this last week, this was the Big Ten Championship. It's still the Big Ten Championship. Just Penn State must win it. Do I am, am I being a fan here saying I think they have a chance? Probably. But I, I think they're the second best team in the Big Ten. And I think they're going to compete with Ohio State. Well, here's where I think things get interesting. Absolutely. Um, I think the first two weeks, obviously, uh, Indiana, Penn State, and now you have Ohio State, Penn State, and then which is going to kind of take me into my pick here for the Rutgers, Indiana. Um, Rutgers, phenomenal game last week against Michigan State. Is Michigan State that bad? Let You know what I mean? Let time tell. But obviously, I'm not going to lie. Uh, Rutgers, Indiana, plus 12.5, minus 12.5. I took Rutgers plus 12.5. I think all these games this week is going to be a telltale sign of where the Big Ten is sitting. Uh, and don't forget, the, due to your point, uh, uh, Ev, about Ohio State, yeah, okay. Did they put up points, Richie? Absolutely. Ohio State absolutely put up points. They did struggle, though. Nebraska came out and took a 7-0 lead. Ohio State went down 7-7, 14-7, 14-10. Is, even though it was an opening game, I think Ohio State did struggle. I think they had some, some kinks to work out, and it'll be interesting to see if Ohio State actually finishes, uh, finishes and open up, opens up those kinks and takes care of them against Penn State here. Um, I honestly don't have a lean on this game. If I had to pick anybody, I'd pick Ohio State. I don't like the minus 11 and a half. The over under 64, I think that's an interesting number. Um, I think this this goes over 64. But anyways, like I was saying about the Rutgers-Indiana, I'm going to take Rutgers plus 12 and a half. I honestly think Michigan State isn't that bad of a football team. I think they got a new coach. I think this is something that they're, like I said, I think everybody's working out the bugs. Obviously, you've been practicing against your own defense week in, week out. I think this is something that is going to take a few weeks to adjust to. But I, like I said, I think this is going to be a great, great insight onto what we have for Big Ten football. I think it's funny that Rutgers actually might have a decent football team or Michigan State's just that bad. Either or, not really exactly sure. But I like I like the look here. The twelve. I cannot bet Rutgers plus anything. I need to see it a couple weeks in a row. So I will be off this game. But I hope Rutgers football is back. I hope. Oh, absolutely. I think, like I said, I took the plus twelve and a half. This isn't something I'm telling you to sit there and throw all your money at the house, the kids, the wife. This is one of those games you keep an eye on. Like Ev said, maybe week in, week out. After a few weeks, you see what Rutgers does. I'm gonna see some value here. I'm I'm gonna take the plus twelve and a half. Yeah, I think this is this is a game you throw your kids, the house, the wife, and everything you got into this game. Um, I love Rutgers in this game plus twelve and a half. I think this is a great pick. This is actually one of the picks I had down until I saw yours, so I took mine off. Um, yeah, Michigan State's they're not. I mean, they're not a terrible team. They're no, they're a known team from the past. Um, Rutgers is not obviously. Uh, last week against Michigan State, going having some confidence going into this game is going to be big, and then. I don't know, maybe Indiana, too, them, them beating Ben State is going to have some confidence going in this game, too. But I think this game is going to be a close game in the end. Um, uh, I think Indiana can pull it out, though, when 12 and a half is too many points here, I think. I think another thing to remember is um, a hangover game for Indiana and a hangover game for Rutgers. I think that's a, that's a chance on both ends just because they both had huge wins last week. It could easily be a hangover spot. Um probably more for Indiana than Rutgers just because Rutgers just blew out Michigan State and Indiana got the 
got the honestly lucky win, if you ask me, and hell of a win, and the team put a lot of effort forward. That'd be my only worry there. So I, in in the luck category sense there, the lean would be Rutgers. But like I said, I can't hold a Rutgers ticket. With that, I'll be jumping over to the SEC. We got a little LSU-Auburn action. I think this is going to be a split decision on this one. Boys, I know you guys love Auburn, but I, I dug into some numbers. I started looking at some things. Auburn's last three games, look how lucky they've been. So three weeks ago, they played Arkansas, one-score game. Two weeks ago, they lost to South Carolina, and then they barely beat an Ole Miss team. This line opened, LSU plus one, got bet up right away to LSU minus three. And I know some people, I know you guys took like the Auburn plus three. I look at this as a buy low spot on LSU. They've been a bad team all year. I've been saying that. I've been screaming, LSU's bad, LSU's bad, LSU's bad. What's Auburn? I, I know I said some stuff that I thought Auburn was a good team, and I thought Bo Nix might be an NFL-type quarterback. I do. I don't think he's an NFL-type quarterback in this system. I think he's going to need to get to a different system. He just hasn't looked good. He looks more like Bo Picks than Bo Nix. Uh, with that, I'm going to wait till LSU gets to two and a half. Uh, I saw a couple juice two and a half. I think there's going to be a little bit of buyback on Auburn, especially with the little lucky stretch they were on, in my opinion. And everyone remembers LSU losing two – big games to Mizzou and another team early in the season. I'm going to be taking LSU minus the two and a half when it gets there. I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you here, Ev. I mean, I did, I did a little research today. I did, I put a pick down for Auburn uh, on my paper. You know, a lot of these picks before I make them, I put them on paper before I put them actually in the FanDuel. But here's the thing. I'm not going to sit here and sell you like Jenny Craig on Weight Watchers, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you here. I think LSU minus a two and a half. LSU was deemed a bad team. <laughs> I liked your analogy there. Bo, Bo Nix is Bo Picks. And uh, I definitely agree with you there. That's one of those – this is one of those things where he's not fitting good into the system. I hope, I hope to God for this kid's sake that he figures it out because I think he has tremendous talent and tremendous upside. We'll see you in the future, though. Yeah, so two and a half. Um, I think this line should be three LSU minus three LSU, but I'm on, I'm actually on the same side as you guys. I like LSU in this game. Uh, you can get it minus two and a half here. LSU has shown some offense last week. I guess I guess burn the burn the LSU tickets now. All three of us are on. I thought someone was going to be on Auburn. But with that being said, I mean, I think I have one more pick if he, if you don't mind here of Temple Tulane. Uh, I mean, we talked about Temple last week, obviously. Watched the Temple game. I think uh, Temple's plus four in here. Uh, this is one of those deals where I think Temple comes out and they beat Tulane. Uh, plus four or take the money line. Um, they have an offense that is, can efficiently score. And I think a lot of people don't realize this. And I think this has tremendous, tremendous upside. Uh, money is on Tulane, but... Temple is a team that wears you down and puts points up on the board. Look forward to them beating the Tulane Wave. The Green Wave, to be exact, sir. Um, so, Temple, I know in the past, we all know the Temple team is really not a good football team, blah, blah, blah. They did beat Penn State a couple years back in a bowl game. Not a bowl game. Nope. No, in a first – in a game like second game of the year or some shit not bowl game my bad but temple you're right they've been a fast offense they've been putting up a lot of points i lean with you here and i know um across the gambling community some of the some of the people i follow there's a lot of a lot of smart people uh, on temple this week i i I agree with you i won't be betting the game because i didn't do my own research on this game but um i like your side there with temple 
Um, I guess those three amigos are all pretty smart then too, because I also like that. I also like Temple here. Uh, Tulane, Tulane. If you can say that again, uh, Alan, that'd be great. Tulane. Tulane, baby. Hello. <laughs> I feel like that's something you should do. Like when you take a shot, you'd be like, Tulane, I ain't loose. You know what I mean? We you catch yourself out there surfing in Hawaii, looking at the babes, give them a little Tulane deal, huh? <laughs> a little Tulane hit, yeah. Uh, but that's pretty much it. That's uh, that's pretty much where I where I wrap myself up uh, with college football. Ev, I don't know if you have any other picks, Richie. Yeah, I have one more pick. Um, so the Memphis uh, Cincinnati game, it's minus seven. I'm not going to touch that. The over under fifty five and a half. Um, both these offenses can score. Memphis scored really really quick. And Cincinnati has a very efficient offense with the running back, Dokes. I really like him a lot. Watched him last week against SMU. Um, he's a great running back. Um, 15th for points this year so far. I know it's uh, only halfway through the season or more than half. But I like the over here, uh, 55 and a half. I think both offenses can score in these defenses. With that, we'll jump into the NFL. I got one thing to say. Guess what week it is, boys? It's two a week. Tua time. Tua Tagovailoa starting his first NFL game this week against the Rams off a short week. I'm not betting him, but I'm excited to watch my boy Tua. I think this is going to be an interesting matchup. I think uh, Tua definitely stepped into a nice role there against the Jets, obviously. 28 zip. I think uh, it's Tua time, baby. This is the moment we've all been waiting for. The greatest show on turf, right? Can the Dolphins win the division? Will Everly be a successful Dolphins fan? Tune in next week and catch your updates. Richie? Um, Tua will not shine this week. Oh, he's, facing, he's facing a great defense off a good win last week, showing a lot of defensive strength versus the Bears. The Bears, okay? I know they don't have much offense, but um, this week against Miami, he's going to be a little nervous. His first start, and I don't think he will shine versus Rams defense. I can't wait till Tua throws for like 250, three touchdowns, runs one in, and just absolutely destroys the Rams defense. I cannot wait for it. Monte Parker's going to be running circles around Jalen Ramsey. I think this is I think this is definitely interesting though the the fact that you said that 250 I think this is one of those things where when you have a quarterback who's a rookie who steps in like this the number I like to go off of now there's no set number I'm not telling you this is this is set in stone 260 to 270 um anything under anything under for a guy like that uh tremendously especially against a defense that is just played so hot against the Bears um Honestly, Aaron Donald's a problem. That defensive front is a problem. They actually, I think their 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 cornerbacks are incredible. Um, I think this is one of those deals. I, I'm excited to see. I didn't even get a chance to look at the line for the Tua over under yards, but when I do, I'll I'll send it over to Ev and I'll tweet something out about it. So with that being said. Yeah, with that being said, we'll jump right into the first pick. So uh, I'll start off here. We're going to go right to Thursday night football. The Panthers are playing the Falcons. Yep, choke artist Falcons. And guess who we're betting? We're betting the Panthers. We're betting against the choke artist team. So a couple notes here. Atlanta blew another lead. I mean, like we said earlier, it's impressive at this point. I'm not saying that's a cap at all. That's just a kind of a comment. So we were on Carolina last week against – New Orleans, and the reason was because New Orleans couldn't stop the pass. They struggled against the pass. We knew Carolina would be able to throw all over them, and they were. Uh, 
DJ Moore was able to get in the end zone a couple times. Teddy Bridgewater was kind of able to do his own there, with let alone a 63, 64-yard field goal. Maybe the game goes to overtime. Who knows? But it's about a yard short. So reasons that were betting that would be against Carolina, the only main one I can come up with would be a rookie head coach on a short week, especially first one Thursday night. You hate betting that, but it's okay later in the season because these guys have went through the 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 – the, the ups and downs exactly yeah. a couple times here so it's less on that it's still out there and you still have to put it in your cap but it's a little less as aggressive as if it was week one or two so carolina takes advantage where atlanta struggles atlanta's 30th and pass defense carolina's 11th and pass offense but the question is what does carolina not do well because obviously they're not a great team they can't stop the run worth shit so that's why Alvin Kamara was able to have a great game last week. They're 28th in the league in stopping the run. Well, guess what? Atlanta can't run the ball. They're 26th in the league. Todd Gurley's only having games because he's getting a lot out of the passing game. That's why they're not actually running the ball. Their offensive line is not the best. Now, obviously, Matt Ryan will have time to throw this game because the pass defense and the defense really isn't that – the rush defense isn't that good, so that means the line it's of scrimmage. It's non-existent. Exactly. Just, just put it the way you see it. It's non-existent. Yeah. With that being said, I will be taking the Panthers minus two and a half or minus three. I know it was open at two and a half Sunday. I think it's probably a juice two and a half. Probably got to take three. I'm still fine with three. Um, With that, a little note I want to throw in here, just a quick little uh, tip. Never buy numbers in the NFL. I've been seeing a lot of people trying to do this, buy into three or buy into down to two and a half or buy from three and a half to three, some weird stuff like that. Just take the three. If you push the game, you push the game it's more beneficial to push the game than it is to lose when you buy a number. I completely agree with that. I mean, this is one of those things where you have to do your research. And when we talk about Minev and Richie always stress this, you got to watch the lines. Line movement is a big deal. And any number that you feel comfortable with, like I've said, if you can get it and you push, so what? You make your money back. At least you're not losing money. And that's, that's a big contribution. Uh, contributor to you know being being able to keep betting week in and week out you don't want to be one of those guys that lose a thousand dollars and then are getting put up on instagram you know saying i think i should retire well no shit you should retire because you're terrible but that's all i have to really say about that uh okay yeah i agree on that Uh, (laughs) on the game uh here so he said everybody said two and a half points i like matt rule i think he's a good coach I the Dodgers just won the World Series, so I'm just watching them celebrate a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. You lost the twenty dollar bet on them. I had the race for the series, the Rosa ran it for MVP. I don't want to hear it. Continue. All I gotta say is, uh, I mean, I think last podcast I said, uh, Dodgers, put that in your freaking almanac. That's right, we made history. Yeah, I was I was wrong on that, I guess. But uh going back to this game here, I'm not sure what's gonna happen, but if I could lean away, or if I would lean away. I would lean towards Carolina because they had a great win against uh, Saints last week. And Atlanta, man, they just choked every game at the end. So, I mean, um, how couldn't you take uh, Carolina? The, the Panthers didn't win last week. They just they, – they did cover, but they didn't, they didn't win. That's what I meant, cover, cover. I think this is another thing, too. Everybody got to realize this. Matt Rule, no matter where he's been, has made a team of some kind. Temple, Baylor, I mean, I understand college, the NFL is completely different, but I think this is no different. I, I definitely think he's doing a great job with that team. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, quarterback over there, honestly, starter. Let's see. Let's take the old two and a half, huh? 
So my pick, obviously, Raiders Browns plus two and a half, minus two and a half, one twenty six, one forty eight, over under fifty three and a half. So I'm gonna sit here. I'm gonna take tell y'all. You know, obviously, Raiders aren't the most. They don't show up week in week out. But let me tell you something. Chucky and the Raiders, baby. Come on now, Chucky and the Raiders. Yes, the the Raiders have been hit or miss. But so many, so how, so. So has my last 30 days of picks. But like the Raiders this week, where picks are going to be up, and so are the Raiders, baby. So pick yourself up by the bootstraps and let's get it going. You know what I mean? I think the Raiders have played the Raiders. You know what I mean? I love the way freaking Al Davis and John Gruden say the Raiders, man. The Raiders. Anyways, I think the Raiders have played more quality opponents than the Browns. The Browns have been playing crappy ass freaking NFC East teams, surviving and thriving there. Um, I'm I'm sitting two and a half. I'm taking money line. I'm taking money line, folks. Um, I don't really have a feel in the over under fifty three. Honestly, if I had to pick it, I would take over because the Browns are obviously going to put up points. But marquee wins. The the Raiders beat Kansas City. I mean, yeah, they beat a Saints team without Michael Thomas, and they beat the Panthers. All quality opponents. They lost some crappy games. Yeah, folks, but. Like I said, the Browns ain't doing too much over there. Odell Beckham's out, thank God. But I actually, uh, somebody somebody said to me today, I forget, I don't know if it was you or, or if it was my roommate, he had a very good point. He had a very good point. That made me, you know, think about this. I'm still on the Raiders, baby. Don't, don't, don't get that twisted. But he said, you know, when I said about OBJ being out, he said, yeah, but Baker Mayfield's free. The pressure's off of him. The cancer is gone. They cut that shit out like a cancer, boy. So maybe uh, maybe Baker gets the opportunity to chuck the ball around the yard like 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 they do in the, uh, the old school days, huh? What do you boys think? So here's my thoughts on this one. So I bet the over on the open at 55 and a half because 56, as we know, is a key number in totals. Well, come to find out, Monday morning rolled around and there's a 40-mile-an-hour wind uh, predicted for Sunday afternoon in Cleveland. That is not going to be good for an over-under. That's why I got put down to 53 or whatever it's at. So I'm stuck now with – two points of non-line value and I might be doubling down. Who knows? Uh, weather always going to change. You can't predict it five days out. We all know that on the game though. I personally lean the Browns. I think this line short. I think there's a chance that I might have a Browns ticket come Sunday, especially if this gets down to two or one and a half. I, I think I, I agree with your, your Baker take there. And, and here's the problem. How does Baker struggle when does baker struggle when they get pressure on him and he has to make fast decisions the raiders defensive line isn't pressuring anyone hasn't been pressuring anyone at all year so they're gonna be able to run the ball they're gonna be able to pass the ball and even without odell anything it's gonna matter i think landry's gonna have a game higgins is gonna have a game the joku might find the end zone and i think i think hunt runs a lot um i might have a bet on the browns definitely gonna have the over i definitely think there's a lot of points there uh, I, I don't hate the Raiders because, like I said, like you said, the Browns don't have much defense. They don't have much on that side. But uh, I'd be worried that this this number is a, a little a little short for the Browns. I think I think it should be a, a three and a half type game instead of a two and a half type game. Uh, the Raiders are going to win this game here. Uh, the Raiders are three and three, and the Browns are five and two. I think this is a great game for the Raiders to get uh, above five hundred here. And I think. Um, What's his name? Jacobs is going to have a huge game. If you have him on fantasy, he's, I think he's going to ball out in this game and have over 100 yards rushing and just have probably about 27 fantasy points. But 
overall, I love I love the Raiders here. I think they're going to win this game. I might I might throw a lot of cash in this game. So t- give me the Raiders two and a half. That's right. That's right. Chucky got John Gruden and the Raiders. My first pick was the Saints versus the Bears. Uh, so I looked yesterday and it was three and a half, and I just looked now again. And it got went up to four. So the Saints are favored by four points against the Bears. I I don't see the Bears. They they haven't been looking good to me all year. I mean, they faced the Giants. That was in, that was like the only good margin win they had. Or actually, no, that game was in the overtime. What am I saying? Um, so here, I think the Saints get back on track here and take over this game how the Rams did last week against the Bears. So here. Once again, I like the Saints minus four here because they just they didn't show much last week. I know they still won the game against Carolina, but I honestly thought they're going to take over the game more, and they didn't show they didn't show much overall. I thought Drew Brees has to get back on his uh on his wagon and start throwing that damn thing because it's it's not looking good for them overall uh, in the long term for the season. So I like the Saints in this game. I don't think the Bears have any offense whatsoever, as you saw last week and the weeks before that. I just don't see them scoring, really, even on the Saints' defense, crappy defense. Well, here, here's the cap here. The Saints haven't given up a 100-yard rusher in, like, some 30-some, 40-some games, some crazy number. And guess what? It's going to get extended one more because the Bears can't run the ball to begin with. So it's going to be in Foles' hands. Um, if you heard my reason, the weather on the Browns game that it went down two points, well, the same weather is going to be in Chicago because you're going to have a cold front out there. Uh, if it's windy – and they can't throw the ball deep. Well, Nick Foles can't throw the ball to short wide receivers in double coverage to begin with. But guess what? Like you said, Brees hasn't been throwing the ball deep. Brees has been just dumping off, dumping off, dumping off, dumping off. The wind's not going to affect them. He's just going to be doing their normal game plan. Chicago's the one that's going to have to change their game plan. Um, I, I like the I like four here. I think you're fine with four. I, fortunately, last week was able to get two and a half. Uh, a little money down on that prior to last week's games. I did that, I think, Friday or Saturday before uh, before Sunday's games. So I'm rolling two and a half, but I uh, I'm fine with four because I, I do think this is a Saints this is a Saints uh, runaway type game. I'm I'm with you guys here. I mean, this is definitely far from the age of Mike Dick and Jim McMahon, son. I think uh, Lindy City is definitely blown over and it's tumbling on its way down. Nike needs to do something, and Big Dick Nick needs to get his hand out of his pockets and quit playing pocket pool. Let's go, Bears. But you know what? I'm going to have to go with you guys on the Saints here. I'm not going to fail. The Bears. Titans minus five and a half. Bengals plus five and a half. Bengals are young. They're hurting. Defensive line. The trenches for on both sides of the ball, it's, it's crappy. But let me tell you something. Joe Burrow and that cigar-smoking national champion – he he keeps games close, man. This is this is an NFL quarterback. I'm impressed with this kid. Let me tell you, if I ever get a chance to to buy Joe Burrow beer, I'd buy him the most expensive beer I could. But the Titans, obvious Super Bowl contenders this year. I like the five and a half spot. Let's take it. This is something you throw the house, the kids, the wife on. You sell your car. You throw your house on it. You get a bank payment. I don't give a shit. This is money, baby. Scared money don't make money. So, like we said earlier, we were going to get into a little Titans talk. You're going to have to wait a little longer for my full Titans breakdown. But I will say this. I saw this line open at four on Sunday on the uh, on the openers. 
I loved it. I liked it a lot. I was a little, a little scared that uh, Joey backdoor, and then the thing of getting off the Pittsburgh game, it hurts teams normally. That next week they're hurting a lot. After sleeping on it, stuff like that, I thought about it. I said, Pittsburgh's going to be the team hurting because that defense got beat up by Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry in that second half was just gashing them, gashing them, gashing them. This goes into my next game. Um, I love the Titans in this spot. I do. I think this is a great spot for the Titans. This is a get-right game. This is a run it down their throat. The Bengals can't stop anyone. And the only the Titans defense is not that good, but they can get to the quarterback. Joey Burrow is going to be on his back a lot. Now, if Joey backdoor comes in and, and steals one again like he normally does, I don't know. I won't be on this game, but I do lean Titans. I'm a, I'm a big Titans guy after that Pittsburgh game. I, th- I think this is definitely not to cut you off there, Rich. I think this is definitely interesting though. When you get to, when you get the Titans, like you said, run on the football, it's like a couple, a couple shots of Novocaine, give it a little time and it works every time. Uh, this is definitely a testament to Mike Vrabel and, and his ability to stick with his game plan. I think, I think his philosophy is a lot as he was a player, it's tough physical and, and it's shoved the football down your throat. With that being said, that's all I had to say, Rich. I like the Titans, too. I don't know why we're all green today in all these games, literally. And we, I think we uh, – us three agreed on four games together. So, that means um, – I don't know what it's called. I fear we said it last year. Um, take the opposite or whatever. But I think you should agree on our picks that we are all agreeing on here. I also like the Titans here in this spot. I think they're going to be able to run the ball in this uh, Cincinnati's defense. They're not, really, they're not even really a defense, I don't think. And once they throw the ball, they're going to be able to throw it all over that uh, Bengals secondary. So I'm also on the Titans here. I think they can run away, run away this game. And now it's not looking like a damn duck on the screen. <laughs> but yeah, five and a half. I think they can win this game by 14 or more. The Cowboys versus the Eagles. You can call this the shit game or whatever you want to call it. Shit on shit. I don't know what you want to call it, but. This is a game I'm looking at. I'm pretty sure this is a Monday night game, right, guys? Have you guys looked at this game yet? I think Sunday it's, night. Oh, Sunday night, even better. Um, I think the Eagles are favored by right now by seven and a half points here. And I'm not gonna lie, I don't, I don't know what to bet here. I'm just staying away from this game, but I think this is gonna be a good game to watch. Actually, um, Andy Dalton is out. I'm pretty sure, right, Ev. Yeah, he got fucked up last week. He's uh, probably out <laughs> for a while. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not even sure who's that quarterback. I don't know if it's Scooby Doo or Ben Denucci. Ben Denucci. He's a JMU. seventh round rookie from JMU. <laughs> good luck to that guy with uh, the cocks coming at him and some of those uh, good uh, defensive linemen. So I'm. This is just a game I just want to watch. Honestly, on Sunday night. Maybe make some wing dip for have some kind of bowl of ice cream. Maybe uh, maybe a little drinky drinky here and there. But this Jesus, season. Richie, send some of that to the kids in Africa. My take here: this is a buy low spot in the Cowboys. I'm sorry to say the Cowboys hit their base. I mean, they scored what three points against Washington last week. Danucci's in. They have to get Zeke the ball. This is a perfect game for Zeke to eat. Philly's defense, as we know, trash. Philly's offense, I don't know who Carson Wentz is going to throw to besides Fulgham. Um, I, I think this could be a shootout. I think this could be a Danucci game somehow. He has, I don't know, uh, 200 passing yards and like two or three touchdowns, some weird ass way, probably one or two to Zeke. If they're going to be in the game, this is a buy low spot on the, uh, 
on the Cowboys, though, in my opinion. Honestly, my roommate actually made a bet this week. I had a pretty hefty bet. He put $50 down on the Cowboys plus seven and a half. Ball move con. I said that. I said, you're going to be sad at the end of the week. I have my little my, my, my yellow book that I always talk about. They're blacklisted. I'm a huge Cowboys fan, but let me tell you something. I will never watch another Cowboys game the rest of the season. You can guarantee that. Put that down on your TV watcher. Huh? That's all I have to say about that. Blacklisted. Love it. All right, with that, another game I want to jump into that I think is a must-talk about. It's another buy-low spot, if you ask me. Pats, plus three and a half going to Buffalo. This is a bit – this is the Pats' season. If the Pats do not win this game, sit Cam Newton, start Stidham, start anyone else you want. It's, it's going to be tanked the whole entire season. It's going to be discussed. They need to win this game. They're going to pull out all the stops. You're going to have the the Philly special, the New England special, the Baltimore special. They will try everything in their power to win this game. That being said, it's a buy low spot in the Patriots because last week that was their bottom. I mean, 33 to 6 at home. That was disgusting. Pats plus three and a half. I have to agree with you. I think this is one of those games where Cam Cam. Cam Newton needs to either shit or get off the pot, son. I mean, he needs to he needs to come out and he needs to to, to button up that shit. But I think I think Bill Belichick's going to help him get ready for this game. Uh, Josh McDaniels, I think I think you're going to see a different Patriots team this week. Obviously, I do like the spot on the plus side. Take the Patriots all day, every day. Uh, once again, we are all agreeing on a game. There's something wrong with us today. I agree with this three and a half year. Um, I mean, I've never since I've been alive. I've never seen a two and four New England team. So I think that, especially Bill Belichick at uh, coach, I think this is a game that where they get back and actually can win this game by three points only. So I love the three and a half points here. I also will may, maybe be sprinkling some money on this New England team. All right. Uh, I like he said. I, I don't know why we've been all agreeing this whole time. I don't know if that's good. I don't know if that's bad. I don't know what that means. Anyway, we're gonna jump into the last game here, which I think we all want to talk about. This. I think this is the if last week was the Super Bowl matchup, the uh, AFC Championship preview. This is. We got the Ravens and the Steelers. I have a pick on this game. I'm not sure if anyone else does. I'll jump right into my. To reasonings here, break down the game a little bit. So we got Baltimore minus three and a half, minus one ten is my bet. Look ahead was minus six. It opened minus five and a half, and it quickly got bet down off the Pittsburgh good victory, I guess you could say. Baltimore's off a bye. Pittsburgh just played a hard fought game, and like I said earlier, Henry was gashing them five, six, seven, eight yards at the end of that game, and that whole second half, Pittsburgh really didn't look good. Tennessee looked great. Tennessee. Made great halftime adjustments. They just got down too much. Down, what, 27 to 7 or something at half, and you have to come all the way back. And they still had chances late in that game. Now, okay, a couple tip balls that were intercepted. You could say it's fluky. That's fine. Say it's fluky. Pittsburgh did not look good in the second half. Tennessee looked like the better team. Pittsburgh got the win. A little false win, if you ask me there. Now, with that being said, Pittsburgh is a is the number two defense, number one run defense in the league. They're a great defense. But with that being said, Baltimore's number three run offense. I think Lamar, this could be a time he can start getting it going in the year. Uh, if we look at Lamar's stats from last year to this year, remember, won the MVP last year. They're identical. So everyone's saying Lamar's struggling, Lamar's struggling. He's on the pace, same exact pace where he was last week. So if we compare the Tennessee team from last week, Tennessee was 24th in pass defense, Baltimore 7. Tennessee was 16th in the rush, Baltimore's 2. 
This Baltimore team is much better than Tennessee, and Tennessee was able to beat them up last week. I love Baltimore in this spot. This is a great Baltimore spot. And also, go coaching. Give me Harbaugh all day to make the right decisions at the right times compared to Tomlin. He's the better coach. So you're giving me the better team, in my opinion, off a bye, the better coach, and probably the better offense behind Lamar Jackson, Hollywood Brown, maybe one or two over the top. Besides uh, Mark Ingram's out, that's the only hurt there, but that doesn't matter. Gus Edwards, K.J. Dobbins, Jake, yeah, K.J. Dobbins. The, I, think, I think they could run all over this, uh, this Pittsburgh secondary, especially later in the game. Second half of this game, it can get nasty. What do we think? This is one of those games where uh, I'm going to have to agree with you. I think the Ravens have the ability to score more points than the Tennessee Titans. I think, and, and I, I take that with a grain of salt here. What I mean by that is the Ravens can get down the field quickly, unlike how the Titans take, take their time. You know what I mean? A couple shots, like I said, like the best analogy I have, you take it from, from remember the Titans. Exactly. A couple shots of Novocaine, it takes time, but it works every time. And and I think this is I think this is a Pittsburgh Steelers defense going to wear down. I think that we've seen flashes of Pittsburgh's offense last week. That uh, obviously mean mean I've talked about David Johnson obviously or yeah, David Johnson picking picking up uh, the slack there. Um, I'm going to have to go with you Ev, on this one though. I, I I do like the Ravens. I think you mean Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson. Yeah, David <laughs> Johnson. I don't know. Best it's, wide receiver on Pittsburgh. This oh, is the latest man. we ever recorded this. Yeah, Alan's, Alan's like falling asleep. I don't know why, buddy. I got to <laughs> edit this shit still. I'm, I'm wide awake. Yeah, so I can't believe I'm saying this again, but I'm on Baltimore too here. Uh, this is uh, very surprising. We'll have to, we're going to have to go uh, into uh, next week's podcast and see how we do. Maybe a little review from this podcast because we are agreeing on almost all of these games with all the favorites honestly no screw the snow game the, the unusualness of a snow game how about how about a snow podcast huh <laughs> yeah but uh here i think baltimore by week is the biggest factor i think they're gonna get things straight uh i think this is the uh, best offense in the league with lamar jackson at quarterback these are my super bowl my super bowl pick for this year i'm sticking with them I think this is uh, going to be the best game of the week also, other than the uh, KC Jets game. That's probably the first best game. No, I'm just joking. Obviously, this is the best game of the week. Okay, with that, that about sums up our NFL segment. One last thing before we get out of here, a quick new segment again. We're going to do Book That Bet. All right, I'm not a fucking athlete. This is my fucking way. This is how I win. Ooh. Richie, start us off. One pick. Under 30 seconds. Saints, minus four. Allen. Cowboys, plus seven and a half. <laughs> I love that bet. For me, I'm going back to the well. What I said about the Titans. Give me them 20 to one to win the Super Bowl. Sprinkle a little bit on it. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. If they would have won that game, they'd be at eight or nine to one. You're getting them 20 to one to win the Super Bowl? Defense is the only worry. Maybe if make a trade later in the season. Okay, boys. Thanks as always for joining me. Uh, I hope everyone has a fun week of gambling. Don't lose your shit too much. Uh, the Dodgers did officially win the World Series, so no Game Seven unders. We're gonna have to wait until the next NBA season for that. Sad time. Uh, any closing remarks, Alan? 
Uh, no, stay safe, kids. It's uh, it's been a pleasure as always. Kids, kids, stay safe. Christmas is coming up soon. 10 a.m. I'm excited. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. <laughs> All right. See everyone later. Peace out.